Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of FFP. My name is Christian, guys, and I am joined this week by Aldo and Saul. Chris, unfortunately, couldn't make the podcast this week. He's pretty busy with work and other things, but, you know, hopefully he'll be back with us next week. So for now, it's just me, Saul, and Aldo. So I'll throw it over to Aldo. How are you, man? Hey, I'm good, man. Um, You know, Chris couldn't make it, but there's no need to sugarcoat it. I just think we've had enough of him. We've had one too many Chris's in this podcast. It's time for a change. We're moving forward. Just just let it be like that. Yeah, first it was me that was getting the short end of the stick, and now it's Chris. So we're going to try and see who's the who the podcast is better off with. No, I'm just kidding. Chris. Battle of the Chris's. <laughs> That's right. I'm just kidding, Chris. I love you. Uh, so well, how are you, man? How's the last week of school going? Uh, as you know, I'm doing pretty good. You know, school's over. Uh, passed all my classes somehow. Pretty happy about that. But, uh, I'm just looking forward to uh, relaxing these uh, next two, two and a half weeks away from school. So, yeah, just looking forward to that. Yeah, man. Fall semester is over. We can look forward to the spring semester. But first, we can enjoy this much-needed winter break that we have right now with the holidays going on. So glad to hear all you guys are going doing well. So with that being said, we're going to get this podcast started. And as always, guys, we kick off the pod every week with our biggest takeaways from the week just passed. Uh, actually, there's quite a lot we want to talk about. I think each of us have about two, but I'll start, guys. I just wanted to give a big congratulations to Atlas from Mexico that just won the Liga Mekis final over Leon. It's their first title in 70 years, which is actually pretty I cool. told you, Roman. I told you. I fucking told you. Yeah, so big congrats to Atlas. You know, it's really good to see a team after going so many years without a trophy to finally get one. We saw with Cruz Azul earlier in the year and now Atlas, so that's pretty nice. And then MLS, they also crowned the NYCFC as their new champions. Pretty cool for them because they are a fairly new club and it is their first MLS title. They beat uh, Portland Timbers, who have held the title before, and in penalties, so that was pretty exciting to see. So congrats to those teams, the two Giants of North America. Uh, so that's my biggest takeaways, guys. Uh, Seoul, what's yours? Uh, as you said, some of us have a couple. So I actually, uh, not everybody, I don't have a couple. I only have one. Uh, my bad. had a bit of a brain fart. But uh, and, uh, my biggest takeaway was, uh, you know, Aguero retiring. You know, uh, I know he wasn't, uh, I think he only got to play five games for Barca. And he was a bigger uh, city legend than he was a Barca legend and whatnot. But, uh, you know, it's just sad to see him go because I think he still had like a year or two left at top flight football. But, you know, forced to retire due to uh, health uh, concerns. So sad to see. And, you know, uh, wish him the best in retirement. Yeah, man, it's, I wish Chris was here to talk about it because obviously he's a City fan. He's seen Aguero play so many games for City over the years. But yeah, man, definitely a legend of the game bowing out at such a such an early age. It's kind of sad because we saw over the summer with Christian Eriksen, his hard problems, and now it's affecting Aguero. So that's pretty sad to see. I mean, honestly, one of the biggest legends in the game, I would say. I think Pep came out with a quote saying Messi conquered Spain uh, and Aguero conquered England. Um, so that just says a lot right there about his reputation. Uh, but yeah, if you, although Saul was wondering if you guys want to just say a little bit more about that because I think he is a legend and we should, you know, at least get, shed a little bit more light on this. Um, I mean, isn't he top? I mean, I'm not that educated on my Premier League, but I think he's the he has the most goals for one club at Genoa Rooney, I think. I might be wrong on that. And then he also has, a, I think he's a top foreign scorer in uh, the Premier League as well. As well, so you know, as you said, he's obviously a legend. You know, I mean, people that don't consider him a legend, um, I think are just uh, haters, obviously, because you know, Aguero just, you know, I think someone else said it might be a bit controversial, but that like if you consider Wayne Rooney a legend, you gotta, you have to consider uh, Aguero a legend for all he's accomplished in the Prem. So, yeah, you know, sad to see him go, especially when it's uh. It's not really at his own will, more of a, his health. He has to go. But yeah, I'll pass it over to Aldo now. See if he wants to say anything. Yeah, I mean, all rivalries aside, you know, as a fan of the sport, uh, you know, as a fan of, of watching great football, you got to give a man his compliments. He's definitely done a lot. 
Um, and and it's just sad to see him see. Sad to see him go kind of this way or this route, you know, with his health kind of pushing him, making you know, pressing on that final decision. But overall, I believe he made the right choice for him, for himself, for his health, for his family. And we, I wish him all the best in his retirement. I'm sure the whole football world wishes him the best in his retirement. Indeed, guys. I think we can all remember that famous Aguero call that one city the title that one season over Manchester United. That's definitely going to be one of the best memories, at least I can remember. But uh, so just as you were saying that, I kind of looked it up a little bit, but he's actually fourth in the all-time Premier League goal scoring, only behind Andy Cole, Wayne Rooney, and Alan Shearer. So definitely company there. And obviously, you know, like you alluded to, it wasn't, didn't make the biggest impact at Barca, but his last goal was an El Clasico goal against Real Madrid, their biggest rival. So that's something there. And then honestly, I think it's really heartwarming that he retires after the summer after Argentina finally wins a silverware, you know? So he got that Copa America title. He has, has countless Premier League titles. I think he won. What, did he win the Spanish title when he was with Atletico? He might have won. won. Yeah. I'm not too myself on that. I don't think he did. Maybe it was the Europa League. I think that was it. I think, uh, yeah, I think it was the Europa League because I don't think they won the league title with Boone. Yeah. Yeah, but nevertheless, you know, so many, so much, so much silver to that guy's name. So definitely a legend of the game bowing out. So although you already mentioned it, but Aguero, we wish you the best in your retirement. Uh, so with that, although I'll just pass it over to you again, what's your biggest takeaway? Yeah, I mean, like you guys um, said, there's been a lot to talk this week. But for me, my biggest takeaway is the fact that there had to be a redraw for the Champions League last 16. That was actually quite a funny moment you know i had a good friend of mine his name is ugo he was just texting me he's like yo look at what could have been and he, and we saw how it kind of looks like it was benfica real madrid uh Villarreal versus city atletico versus bayern rb salzburg versus liverpool inter versus ajax lisbon versus juventus chelsea versus lille and of course kind of the the dream match a lot of us want is another Ronaldo versus Messi, PSG versus Man United. So, what could have been, I guess, but but now we have these other matches going on. Yeah, so I kind of want to talk about the redraw, you know, because obviously a lot of those matches, I think 90% of them changed, so I just wanted to get your guys' opinion on that. I don't want to go into, like, our predictions or anything just yet because I want to do that in the later episode when Chris is on so all four of us can give our predictions, but yeah. Uh, overall, which ones, which matches are you guys excited for the most, and then which ones are you guys most disappointed that didn't go through? Uh, I'm most excited for, uh, I think, PSG Real Madrid. I know Real Madrid wasn't too happy about that one because they originally drew uh, Benfica. But, uh, you know, then I want to say this got screwed over a bit. It is going to be a good match, and then I think Benfica versus Ajax. You know, that's going to be more even match in my opinion so that's going to be that makes it a bit better um but i think i think uh, atletico madrid versus united you know uh ronaldo just loves to uh atletico madrid you know Carlos simeone said it best he said if ronaldo didn't exist i'd have three champions leagues with uh, atletico madrid so yeah uh, that's another good one and then uh I think Inter and Liverpool is the last good match of the round of 16, in my opinion. Um, no, I think the one I'm most excited for is um, Liverpool-Inter. I think I think Inter has been getting you know a, bit, a good run of form this whole season, even after they sold uh, Lukaku, even after they have a new manager. They've been doing pretty well. Uh, so just kind of, you know, want to see kind of that, that clash between another top performing team this season. So that should be a very good one to watch. And I guess the one I am kind of sad that didn't happen was PSG, Man United. You know, recently uh, PSG and Man United have been getting kind of called up more recently. Uh, I mean, kind of started back in 2018 and then even the year after that we got in a group with them 
uh, you know, and, and it looked like fates were going were gonna to meet again. So it's always been a good match between United and PSG. Now that it was going to have that extra excitement of Ronaldo and Messi, well, I think it was going to be different, but it, it could still happen in the near future. Yeah, one match that I'm kind of disappointed that we're not seeing from the redraw was Atletico and Bayern. And I know that, you know, probably on paper you look at that and you can say Bayern wins that game nine times out of ten. But I don't know, Simeone, he does really good in Champions League where it's two-legged affairs and he just sits really deep and he boxes teams out defensively. I mean, arguably he hasn't been that good defensively this season, but I think he could have gave Bayern a real good run for their money. So kind of disappointed that didn't happen there. But no, I agree with all of you guys, PSG and... uh Man United would have definitely been a good match, but uh, PSG and Real Madrid is going to be an even better match, in my opinion, just because Ramos is coming home, Mbappe can, you know, have an audition, quote-unquote, for the club he wants to join, the club of his dreams, and Messi gets to return to one of his favorite stadiums, the Bernabeu, to show up people in Spain that he is still capable, you know, getting those big performances, especially in the Champions League. But yeah, uh, that's pretty much everything there uh i will say i th- i bet lil right now is kicking themselves in the in the ass saying oh man we got chelsea twice that's really unfortunate for them but hey Lil's a good team and chelsea you know they've kind of been slumping when it comes to form so you know who knows february's a couple months away we can see what happens then but yeah still excited for that match you said that uh real madrid was angry right because of the redraw or something like that yeah real madrid i mean they got benefico <laughs> Uh, arguably one of the weakest teams in the round of 16. You know what's crazy? Is it, if Barca had made it through, that would have been Barca around Madrid round of 16. <laughs> but I just think it's funny, you know, because obviously PSG, United, City, Real Madrid, you know, all, all the, the big clubs, They you know, earlier this year, they pushed for that Super League. Real mm-hmm. Madrid just got, quote-unquote, a Super League match and they're angry about it? I mean, what's going on there? I don't know, man. I'm not a Madrid fan, so I wouldn't know, and I don't want to speak for them. But, I mean, it's technically, I mean, it is a Super League caliber type of match, but PSG wasn't in the Super League because they want to get on the good side of uh, UEFA and FIFA since they're hosting the World Cup next year, you know, Qatar. Is so. What do you guys make of Sergio Ramos's comments saying that there's no love lost from him and Real Madrid? He's gonna, he's gonna die for PSG out there. You guys think that'll be true, or you guys think that he'll slide tackle Messi when he's one on one with the keeper in the 91st minute for a winner, and he's gonna rip off his PSG shirt and reveal Real Madrid shirt? No, I think he will. I mean, he's a professional at the end of the day. I mean, to be honest, I have. Uh, who knows if he'll even be playing or if he's gonna be injured. To, uh, I don't know, Ramos is just that type of guy that whatever team he's playing for, uh, he's just going to die for them. I mean, especially the way Real Madrid, like, I guess you can say kind of kicked him out of the club. So I don't I don't think he's going to hold anything back. I mean, I think he'd actually be happy eliminating them. Yeah, I'm going to go with Saul there. Um, Real, uh, Ramos has just been a rock for Real Madrid for so long. And, and yeah, the way they... They kind of treated him towards the end, which has become quite frequent with Real Madrid. I mean, just look at how they kind of treated Casillas when he was on his way out. Kaylor Navas um, most recently, too. Kaylor Navas, exactly. So it's kind of been in their locker now. And it's really sad to see for these amazing players that, that really gave their all for their club. So he might have left with you know with a sour taste in his mouth. And yeah, I, I agree with Sowo. I think. I think he's just going to be happy that if they eliminate them. Well, I mean, um, I, mean I don't want to get off topic, but this was something uh, me and Christian were talking about. I don't know if you were here or not, but uh, we were just talking about how some clubs just know when it's like time to like let their players go. Like, you know, Real Madrid's the most notorious, you know. I mean, they've done it with uh, Sergio Ramos, Casillas, uh, Raul and some other players, you know, where it's like they're no longer at the level to be playing at a big club like Real Madrid, and they just let them go. Or like uh, Bayern, Bayern's good at doing it. They like let go players like when uh, when it's like uh, other times almost. Not I wouldn't say they're close to retirement, but like they're not really like uh, 
like the player they once were. You know what I mean? Like they did it with Jerome Boateng, uh, Arturo Vidal, uh, and other players like that. So, I mean, as much with, as uh, you don't like uh, as much as I don't like them, they do know how to like run a club. Like they know uh, when it's time to get rid of players. So. Yeah, I mean, it was, uh, they didn't treat Ramos the right way on the way out, you know. He is a legend. But yeah, it was just an interesting conversation we had. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, you, if you're running a club, of course you have to do the best thing for the club. But at the same time, you, you know, you got to you gotta do it in a graceful way. You know, you, you said Bayern Munich was really good at it. Yes, they are really good at it. And they're really good at doing it in a graceful way. Um you know, it just it just comes in whatever thing you do, whatever business you run, or whether you want to look at your club as a business. You know, the players are your number one assets. You know, so there has to be some sort of, you know, respect to be shown to the players on their way out when they've you know given you all this all these years of service and and you know fighting for the club. You know, it has to be done in a graceful way. Shall we move on to the Europa League draw now? <laughs> no. We ain't doing no. the Europa League. Well, we got to mention it. Come on. So I didn't know this about the Europa League, but apparently all the first place teams go through automatically to the next round, round of 16. And all the second place teams, they drop down to kind of like a qualifier round for the round of 16, facing against the best third places teams from the Champions League itself. So honestly, I'd argue that there's more interesting matches here than the Champions League round of 16. You know, obviously the big one everyone's going to look at and point at is Barcelona and Napoli. Um, bit of a rematch from the Champions League round of 16 a couple of years ago during the COVID pandemic. Um, but there's also good matches on here. You know, Atlanta and Olympiacos, uh, Porto and Lazio, in my opinion, will be really, really good. And RB Leipzig and Real Sociedad. So all these teams that, you know, will win the home and away leg, it's still, you know, knockout uh, home and away legs. Two-legged affairs will face against the first team, the first place teams that finish in the groups, and that'll be the round of sixteen. So, you know, I know Xavi made those comments saying that our reality is the Europa League now, and we have to fight for that trophy. But Europa League can be very, very what's the word? I guess I don't know. Like it's long and it's it's just tiring on the players, you know. So you have to make it through this qualifier, and then the round of sixteen, and then everything else, along with your own schedule and Copa del Rey and everything, but. I don't know. Uh, Barca Napoli, I definitely attribute there to Diego Maradona as well. But yeah, we'll see what happens. I'm not sure, given how well Napoli has been playing recently and how poor Barca have been performing recently, <laughs> how it's going to turn out. But, you know, we'll see come February. So that's one to look out for. Let me ask you, do you, do you think Barca are the favorites for the Europa League? Or? I mean, I think on paper, yes, they have to be considered. But you know, there's other teams here that finished first in their groups that are, I would argue, are even bigger favorites just on form. I think, personally for me, West Ham is one of the big, big favorites for the Europa League. I can see them ma- definitely making the final because they've been in stellar form all season long. Um, another team on here that we haven't mentioned much is... Well, I guess that's it. Everyone else got knocked out. Well, I was going to say because, uh, you know, I think they've won the most Europa League titles. Oh yeah, so, I think that's the team to watch out for. No, but yeah, they're I, all, they're also in this you know kind of round of sixteen qualifier. They're facing Dynamo Zagreb, Zagreb. So we'll see how that turns out. But yeah, they're a big favorite. Atalanta too. I really like their chances to get through Olympiacos and then see what they can do in the later rounds. Yeah. Sorry, I'll Dude, cut I, you off. No, you're good. But yeah, I I think Sevilla is a really really strong favorite. I mean. They they got good ta- talent all around. They have some really young talent as well. You know, like with with uh, what's his name, Jules Kounde. Um, he actually performed really well in in the Nations League, but whatever. So yeah, definitely a team to watch out for there. Yeah. So that's Champions and Europa League guys. You know, obviously these two competitions won't resume play until February. So a lot to take in from there. You know, a lot can change from here to then. You know teams that maybe look like the favorites going into it now that might change in two months so we'll definitely keep an eye on that and see what happens so with that guys y'all want to jump into the premier league and midweek games and round up everything that happened in europe 
Yeah. All right, guys. Aldo, take it away, man. What was your favorite game from the Premier League this past week? Uh, my favorite game uh, from the Premier League this past week was the Brentford United game. That was that was good. Got postponed and shit, but whatever. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I think um, <laughs> uh, there was a lot of good games. I mean, Leicester, Newcastle was good. And also you got 4-0. The Aston Villa-Liverpool game was really good. Um, you know, kept it real close. Uh, what else? I don't know. There was, it was just good action all around. Yeah. I want to highlight. And again, I wish Chris was here so he can give a little bit more emphasis on this. But did you guys see City's whooping on Leeds 7-0? 7-0, that's right. I forgot about that. I actually had a, the time to watch this game a little bit at the end of stage. And dude, City, the commentators were saying this too, but they're that team that just, you know, some teams when they're in the lead comfortably, they'll let off the gas and just, you know, put in the youngsters and give them a run out and just look at it the rest of the match as a training match. But City do not let off the gas, bro. They could have easily let in eight, nine, maybe ten goals that evening if they finished all of their chances. They just create so many chances, you know, move the ball so well around the field. Kevin De Bruyne, particularly his second goal, that screamer from about 40 yards out, that was amazing. But yeah, dude, City looking like a real serious contender, and Chris always likes to say that, you know, champions are made in winter, so they're heating up as Chelsea is kind of slowing down, so that's another interesting narrative I want to highlight there. Okay. We we have to mention Leeds is missing like I think they were missing like six or seven senior players for this this game, so it really sucks for Marcelo Bielsa. Yeah. yeah, Leeds have not been on a good run in form at all lately, you know, and we can say that's up to injuries, but you know, I think I don't know, do you guys think Bielsa's time at Leeds is up or in England in general? Because I do like the man for playing his style no matter what, like you know, he lives and dies by his style of football, but sometimes I can come to bite you in the butt, you know, and we've seen Leeds be on the receiving end of real good whoopings in the Premier League via City like we just saw, Manchester United, and so many other teams in the past. So what do you guys think about Belicia? Is is this time up at Leeds? Well, I don't think so. I mean, I don't think there's a better... Maybe at the end of the season they could evaluate, but right now I really don't think there's a better coach for Leeds than Bielsa, especially if they fire him. I don't think there's a better coach out there. I don't know, man. I mean, Leeds, you, you kind of have to think about it a little bit. They, they've been gone from the Prem for such a long time. Uh, I mean, I think they just got back, what, a season ago? Two seasons ago, right? You just got to kind of let, let him see what he else he can do. Um, I'm sure he, this is just kind of a bad run of form, but unfortunately a bad run of form during this time can lead you to get sacked. So we'll just see what happens there. Yeah. I mean, they're not in relegation, you know, no, no threat there. Well, I'll be honestly a little bit of threat there hovering five points above the relegation zone, but you know, at Leeds, Bielsa has been able to keep them up in the Premier League consistently. So we'll see what happens. But, uh, Arsenal, man, back in the top four, I wanted to highlight them. They beat West Ham 2-0 over the over midweek and then Southampton 3-0 on the weekend. So they're looking really, really impressive there. And I also wanted to bring up another little talking point in uh, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. Not sure if you guys saw, but uh, some dis- disciplinary issues there. And he was had to be stripped of the captain's armband. And honestly, now some rumors about him joining Barcelona, how true they are, I'm not sure. But yeah, I was just curious to see what you guys thought about that. Um, I'll address the last point first. Uh, I don't want him anywhere near Barcelona, if I'm being honest. I really hope he doesn't go there. But, uh, yeah, Arsenal, you know, back up in top four. Surprisingly, somehow, you know. That didn't look possible at the beginning of the season. But, yeah, it's just it's weird seeing them up there, if I'm being honest. You know, they've been a meme for so long. So it's just weird actually seeing them do well. But, um, that fourth place, you know, isn't a isn't secure, so you gotta continue the good run. John Davis is listening to this podcast at home smiling right now. Probably. Love to have him back on the pod to see what he thinks of all this. But yeah, man, I mean, 
that, that whole striker situation is a whole other problem in itself because obviously after the disciplinary is- disciplinary issues, there are all these rumors saying they want to offload him in January, if not in the summer. And Alexander Lacazette's contract is running out this summer as well. So there's you know going to be a big need for a striker there at the MS- Emirates Stadium very soon. So uh, that's going to be one to look out for maybe in the winter, maybe in the summer. But I just wanted to quickly give my thought that it should be Jonathan David, a really good informed striker from Lille. I think he'd fit Arsenal perfectly, and honestly, I think he'd elevate them too. Uh, I would, nah, I'd say back in the Champions League, potentially. You know, I could really see a lot of upside with that guy. Pretty young, so a lot of potential there. I agree. And he's Canadian, so you know, that CONCACAF representation. Just kind of with Avdita, I mean, I don't know how he can... Um... You know, there's a time and place to, to do something. You know, the time and place he chose to kind of, I want to say, belittle Aubameyang was was not it. You know, that, that's how I'm going to say. Trust the process, man. Trust the process. Not with Aubameyang, but just Arteta and Arsenal in general. <laughs> but, um, yeah. I mean, nothing else really can we can mention there. I mean, Chelsea continues to be disappointing, getting a one-one draw with Everton over midweek, and now they have a COVID outbreak, as do many other Premier League teams. You know, Lukaku, Werner, and I think Mason Mount was it out with COVID for the foreseeable future, but it's nowhere near as uh, bad as. Played. It wasn't now. He played versus Everton. Uh, I think he even scored. Oh yeah, yeah, but uh, that COVID outbreak, nothing like. We're seeing at Manchester United, so obviously Aldo kind of mentioned it there, but their game is being postponed due to a massive outbreak at their camp. Uh, Aldo, what do you think about that? Disappointed not to see your team this weekend? Yeah, man. Um, midweek, I was kind of disappointed not to, you know, watch some soccer. And then this weekend, too, they just uh, postponed, or like a day or two postponed this weekend's game. So it's it kind of sucks, but I mean, what the hell is going on there? I mean, like nine. I think it was a combination of nineteen players and staff that that had a COVID nineteen. It's insane. I have I have a weird theory that I have it has something to do with Pogba. You know. <laughs> All right, Jose. <laughs> I mean, he was the one that was traveling abroad. He came back on when was it on Sunday, and then like one two days later. Or not even that. Twenty four hours later, nineteen people got COVID. Got postponed the Brad, uh the Bradford game. What? But well, since uh, since we're on the topic of COVID, I was gonna ask y'all. Uh, there's been like a lot of articles and other stuff like written about like uh, the Premier League should be postponed because you know there's been a lot of canceled games. You know, I think Tottenham was one of the first clubs to do it like they had like I think two games postponed or something and like it caused one of them not to be able to qualify for the next round the Europa League so just wanted to get you guys' thoughts on that what do y'all think yeah um, man probably... everyone get vaccinated no I'm just playing I'm not going to start that conversation here <laughs> no I think uh, I think a lot of players just think COVID and not players but people in general just think COVID isn't a thing anymore. We can go out free willy-nilly and do what we can before, but that's not the case, guys. We still need to be careful and cautious. I think Joshua Kimmich came out recently, you know, after saying that he got COVID, that he regrets not getting the vaccine later or before, and he regrets not being as careful as before. So definitely, I think it's just, you know, taking care of ourselves mentally and physically, making sure that we are being okay and we know we're okay. But as far as the Premier League goes, I mean, Worst case scenario, it can get delayed a couple weeks, maybe a month, maybe two months, but I don't see it postponing anything like when the outbreak first started, if, if that's what you're asking, Saul. Well, I was, just, I was asking if you guys thought it should be, not if it's going to be. I mean, I doubt it's going to be. I mean, the, like, heroes, it's not only in football, it's also, uh, I think, UK in general, in COVID cases or anything, so. Yeah. It might the government might have to like step in and like there might be a shutdown. I mean, I doubt, I doubt it. But yeah, I just wondered if you guys thought there should be a postponement of games and whatnot. I mean, I think it depends on how many first team players are actually, you know, out sick with COVID. Because 
if your whole first starting 11 is out, you know, it's kind of, it puts you at a very, very big disadvantage to make, you know, put out a starting 11 with the bench and the youngsters and the academy, you know, so I think we need to give everyone here a fair shot, you know, United is no exception, so I'm glad they did that because, uh, as is Brentford, but yeah, that's just my opinion. And yeah, man, I mean, I don't, I don't think they'll postpone any, any other game, like the whole league in general. But actually, no, it, it's really hard to say. I mean, because now that I'm thinking about it more, there is a, you know, starting to be an increasing chance that it could be, be postponed just a little bit, just like it was when when it was, you know, kind of at its at its peak for COVID nineteen. But it all comes down to individual decisions from from everyone, you know. If they decide, you know, not, still to be kind of carefree with with even with this whole situation that's still going on. It could lead to that, but I hope it doesn't happen. But it, I I think it will. And there's a lot of preventable measures we can take before that even happens. You know, like we can start playing games in empty stadiums again, start limiting the number of people in the actual stadiums working the events, stuff like that. Uh, quarantine, just literally sending the players home after training and after games. But I mean, I can't speak for the UK because I don't, I haven't seen their statistics lately. But yeah, it's definitely getting rising all over the world. So hopefully, people just find a better way to take care of themselves. So yeah, I agree with you, Aldo. Should we do something a little bit different now and? Since we're talking about the Premier Leagues, jump straight into the Premier League pick 'em, guys, and then just go on to the other leagues afterwards. Yeah, let's do that. Cool. So, yeah, man, only five matches going on this weekend anyway, so perfect amount of number for the Premier League pick 'em. So, first one, guys, if you're all ready, it's actually Leeds versus Arsenal. Obviously, Arsenal, we just talked about being on really good form, you know, getting two nice victories over the weekend, midweek. And Leeds, quite the opposite with Bielsa, you know, kind of being a strictly for his rules and really sticking by his tactics. But uh, I don't know, man. I think Arsenal can, especially with this squad, can break down those tactics really, really well. But we haven't seen them, you know, be like City and put seven past a team. So I'm going to go with a 2-1 victory here for Arsenal. What do you all think? I don't agree with you. I think Arsenal wins, but I think the score line is going to be uh, 3-0 to Arsenal. I mean... Leeds, I think, is missing over half the first team senior players, so I think they're going to struggle a lot. So, yeah, I see Arsenal winning this one 3 now. Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest question for this game is not who's going to win, but by how much Arsenal is going to win. And just based on, on Leeds' run of form currently, it, it doesn't look like they have a goal in them. Um, so, I think Arsenal are going to just keep keep a clean sheet and, yeah, 3-0, just like Saul. Although, let me quickly get your opinion on this because, obviously, Dan James uh, is being forced to play as a central striker right now for Leeds because Patrick Bamford, Rafinha are all out injured for whatever reason. So, I mean, you probably know this player more than us, you know, watching him at United previously. Uh, a lot of people are saying that he doesn't really fit that role. And once Bamford and Rafinha return to the team and play centrally, Dan James is a lot more effective on out on the wing, whether it be the left or the right. But just wanted to quickly get your input on that because you saw firsthand this player, what he can do on the wings. Oh, yeah, definitely, man. Um, you know, it's very unfortunate that, that he couldn't succeed uh, at United. And, and he kind of took accountability to that. He said that he didn't succeed because he, he was really scared of a failure. You know, he didn't want to put that little extra risk you know, that we kind of see from Jaden Sancho now. I think at Leeds, he has the perfect platform to break that barrier and start being more risky, you know, tr- trying to break out of his out of his shell. Uh, and from those wings, he can do a lot of great things. You know, he's fast, obviously. He's got some dribbling in him. He's got really good, you know, vision for a winger. Um, and his passing ability is it's all right, you know. Uh, I I remember when he when he got that amazing lob through ball to Marcus Rashford, you know, and then he just controlled a one touch and scored. Um, so he 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 has a good pass in him. He has a lot of great capabilities, but yeah, being a central forward uh, striker does not fit him. Um, he's 
you know, he, I think naturally, like not to throw any shade on him, but I think naturally his his body type wouldn't fit, you know, a central striker. Especially not for the physicality of the Premier League, but, you know, we'll see what happens there. Hopefully when everyone returns from their injuries, they we can see him succeed where he naturally, naturally does succeed. So we'll see what happens. And then second match on here, guys, it's uh, two sets of teams wearing Claret and Blue. It's Villa versus Burnley. I think Saul mentioned that Burnley plays terrorist football. Is that the team that you always say does that, Saul? Yeah, it's terrorist football by Greenwich. Yeah, so a lot of interesting things that can happen there. Um, Steven Gerrard having a pretty decent start to his stint in the Premier League with Villa, so I think it'll honestly continue. But I don't know, man. Burnley, four out of their last five matches have been draws, whether it be 1-1s, 2-2s, 0-0s. I kind of think that trend's going to continue now, and I think this game will end in a 2-2 draw. What do you guys think? Uh, I'm going to disagree with you. I think Villa wins this one. But just barely. I think they win 1-0, you know. I think Gerard's going to continue his good form with Villa. But uh, as I said, Burnley plays some terrorist football, so I think they're just going to be able to squeak one by, and that's going to be it. So for those that don't know what quote-unquote terrorist football is, do you want to give a bit of an explanation what that is, what that looks like? Uh, it's just pretty much teams that play... Uh, boring football it's like a it's a term on twitter that got created you know with teams that just play boring football you know which is pretty um how can i say it's like uh it's mainly teams that like you park the bus and just counterattack, or teams that just park the bus and that's it like they're playing to uh not concede instead of to score so like, they're just hoping not to concede that's pretty much it. It's teams that play boring football, you know. Nothing like nothing else, you know. They just play boring football, not attacking. Fast. Yeah. So it's boring football. It's called terrorist football. You may call it terrorist football, but I call it Jose Mourinho football, especially Jose Mourinho in the past five years. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, Twitter is a crazy space, you know. Yeah, guys, follow us on Twitter at Future Footy Pod. Anyways, Aldo, what do you think is going to happen? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I think, yeah, for lack of better words, Burnley is one of those teams that that does play very defensively. Um, it hasn't been working out for them because they are in the bottom three. But they try to do that defensive style, maybe trying to catch a break for themselves. But ultimately, their goal, their objective is just to not let you score. Um, hasn't been working, like I said. But against Aston Villa, I don't think that's going to happen. I think Aston Villa is still going to go, you know, right through them quite comfortably. Going to get two goals, keep a clean sheet, um, and it, it's going to be another W for Stevie G. Slippy G. <laughs> oh, man. That was amazing. Yep, that's the guy. Yep. Right after he called the team to a huddle saying, this does not slip. This does not slip. <laughs> Talking about the Premier League chances. <laughs> and then he pulls that. <laughs> oh, Gerard. We love you, man. All right, so next one, guys, is uh, Wolves and Chelsea. So honestly, I've been looking at this game a lot because in the past, it's been a really, really tight affair. I think it's going to continue that trend. But obviously, Chelsea, their form has been kind of slumping. You know, they were in first going into December, and now they're in third. Uh, four points behind uh, first place and Wolves honestly we've been talking about the form all season how they started off pretty well and now it's kind of dwindling you know mid-table but I think it's gonna be a 1-1 draw honestly I think both teams just don't have enough in them to go out there for the win so I think it's gonna be 1-1 uh, yeah this one's a hard one to call because I think Chelsea at the moment only has one fully fit center made and I think that's a it's actually uh, Saul, the their only fully fit um, uh, midfielder. So it's hard to call. This one hard to call, but I think Chelsea still pulls it out the bag with a two-one win. Man, I gotta say it is gonna be a good game. Um, it's eighth against third. Wolves, uh, you know, has always had that capability or has been creating that capability to really. Put in the grind, get the W, get you know, get the points, um, and I think that there there will be no slouch against Chelsea. Um, 
I still think Chelsea's gonna, you know, get the win over them. Uh, it's gonna be slightly, but I think it's gonna be two one Chelsea. So I saw a lot of Chelsea fans on Twitter actually saying that once N'Golo Kante returns to the squad, that they'll be, you know, back where they deserve to be in the top of the Premier League. But I don't know, man. I kind of disagree with that because yes, Chelsea have a lot of injuries and a lot of people out with COVID, but they proved in the past how effective they can be despite all those setbacks. And I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to say about their recent slump in form. If it's finally Tuchel cracking under all the pressure, or if it's just they were hot for so long, it's only about right that they, you know, get low. But I don't know. I just quickly want to get your guys' thoughts. What do you guys think is going on to Chelsea? Is it players? Is it the manager? What do you guys think it is? I think it's a combination of uh, everything you said, you know. Uh, You know, they they can't continue the good form forever. And it's also, you know, they have a lot of injuries at the moment as well. Um, But, yeah, I just think it's a combination of everything. You know, they just, it was bound to happen. You know, every team hits a rough patch. Um, So, yeah, uh, I think they'll be back. They'll definitely be back sooner or later, so it's not to worry. Aldo is too cool fraud. Are you going to tweet hashtag too cool out? <laughs> no, uh, I'm not going to say that because, you know, Tuchel has actually been doing, doing really ro- well with Chelsea. I just think right now it's just coming down to, to you know, to every single person's weakness, uh, fatigue. You know, after doing what Chelsea has done for so long, you know, you know being on that good run of form, uh, always having that, that high pressing, um, putting in that work, you know, when it's, when it's done for so long, it'll eventually tire you out. Um, so I think we're just seeing the effects of, of that, of fatigue, you know, that's why injuries can happen as well. Um, so hopefully they, they get out through this busy winter schedule, you know, not having too much impact from, from fatigue. All right, guys. So the second to last match on here is Newcastle and City. Honestly, guys, I think it's going to be another whooping at the hands of City. I think it's going to be another Pep Masterclass. I'm not going to say seven. I'm going to say six one though to City. I'm being very generous to Newcastle. They're giving them a goal, honestly. Six one. Uh, I'm going to disagree with you. I don't think it's going to be a whooping. I think Leeds having a lot of players injured contributed to that. So I'm going to go with. Uh... I'm actually going to go with a City. I'm going to go with a 4 0 win. But I don't think it's going to be a whooping, but you know, not as bad as the one Leeds got. So. Those are all good thoughts, man. I mean, but I'm going to say 5 0. I'm going to go in between that area, you know. You know, the middle is always kind of like the best to go with. But yeah, I'm going to say 5 0 for City against Newcastle. Newcastle, they start off well against Leicester, but ultimately they still got four goals past them. So I think with, you know, a well-organized team like City is, there's just going to be no stopping them. I can't wait to see what kind of uh, tribute or, yeah, tribute they pay to Aguero, if any, this weekend. You know, hopefully uh, one of the City players scores and they take off their shirt revealing, like, Naguero tribute or something. I think that'll be really cool because I think that man deserves at least some recognition. It's kind of sad that when he did leave City, it was during the pandemic and he couldn't, you know, go out with fans in the stadium or anything like that. So hopefully one day in the future we can see that. But maybe we can see the first one this weekend. So I'm hoping for a City win there. Then the last match, guys, is actually, in my opinion, the match of the weekend. It's Spurs versus Liverpool. Honestly, I think... Liverpool's going to give Spurs, or sorry, Spurs is going to give the Liverpool a good run for their money, but ultimately, you know, Salah's just on such good form right now. I don't see anyone stopping that man right now, so I'm going to say 3-2 to, to Liverpool. Um, yeah, I think <clears throat> uh, I do think Liverpool wins this one, but I'm going to go with a 2-1 win for Liverpool. Um, I just don't think Tottenham's at the level yet to be challenging a team like Liverpool so again I'm actually um going with Seoul I think I agree with you too Chris you know Spurs are going to give them uh Liverpool a run for their money uh I think Conte 
is slowly getting to where he wants to be. There's still a lot of pieces to go, but he's slowly getting there. Uh, I think this weekend it's going to be a good match. I think it's going to be tight, 2-1. But, yeah, ultimately, Liverpool are going to get the win here. All right, guys, so that does it for the Premier League pick-em. So remember, as always, to submit your picks not only to the league but to our little league, which Chris actually, I'm interested to see what he predicted for this weekend. But uh, last weekend in midweek, he actually got 16 points from both of those fixtures. So he's climbing up the table from fourth. So it's really a good race to look out for there. But um, with all that said, guys, I think we can move on to La Liga, which honestly there's only uh, three or four matches I want to talk about. Um, Barça Sasuna, Betis Sociedad, the Madrid Derby between Atletico and Real Madrid. And... uh, yeah, I guess those just those three. Uh, you guys want to kick it off if with anything? I didn't get a watch. I mean, I told you earlier, but this was I think the first time in three, four years that I haven't watched the the Barca game because I don't know. I just had uh, no motivation to wake up uh, that early to watch Barca because I just knew I was going to be disappointed, and I wasn't wrong. Barca conceded a ended up tying two two. Uh, they disappointed me, you know. Barca ended up eighty uh, sixth minute. They conceded a goal. Uh, you know, uh, another thing. It's been one of their problems all year. You know, they score and then I don't know what it is. Lapse of concentration or whatever. But they usually let the other team score in like less than five minutes, and that was the case here. You know, uh, Nico scored twelfth minute, and then Osasuna scored fourteenth minute. So, yeah, I don't know what that is, but that's been a problem with Barca for a while where we take the lead and then we give it right back. I know you say you didn't watch the game, but did you see the highlights or any of those uh, tactics that Xavi tried to implement? Kind of like a, he pulled a bit of a Bielsa, you know, like a, almost a 3-3-3-1. You know, I think uh, Jorge Sampali has been implementing the system recently at Marseille this season as well, but I don't know, man. I mean, Umtiti getting the first start of the season, uh, actually played the full 90. Uh, Bench Sergio Des didn't play him at all. Um, it's nice to see two academy players getting goals there, but yeah, man, just like you said, you know, they they kind of score and then take the foot off the gas. You know, they're no city by any means necessary, but yeah, it's disappointing. Honestly, I've expected more from Xavi at this point, especially with the likes of these lower teams like Osasuna. Yeah, I mean, Xavi have uh, Xavi out. There you go. Uh, <laughs> No, I didn't watch any of the highlights, you know. I just, I was just disappointed when I saw the scoreline of 2 2. I just, I was like, if I watch the highlights, I'll be even more disappointed. So I just didn't. You know, it's pretty much um, what I've come to expect of Barca, you know. This is, I mean, it's kind of sad to say, but this is our level, you know. We're tying against Osasuna. But uh, I did see that we were. uh, I forgot where I saw. I think I saw someone do a tactical analysis or something with photos. And, you know, once again, you know, Barca was struggling with uh, the high press. You know, Osasuna was pretty much, I think, using it for like the, maybe the whole second half. But I didn't watch the game, so I don't know. But they were just struggling with it. Like, that's how they got there, the tying goal, because Barca just couldn't get the ball out. And, you know, they just... Osasuna was just recovering it fast and fading stuff, and that's how they got their second goal off a corner. You know, they recovered the ball, got a corner, and then they scored off that. So, yeah, it just sucks. We're still not able to deal with the high press, you know. As I thought that's something Xavi uh, would have definitely fixed. So, yeah, it sucks to see. Currently an eighth man. I mean, I know that sounds bad, but we're only, what is it? four points behind Atletico and fourth. So, you know, there is hope. But, uh, yeah, man, if we're not performing against these lower teams, I don't know how we're going to perform against, you know, the likes of the bigger teams. But yeah, there was this earlier today in the, before his press conference, before the press conference, before the game on Saturday, where he said, uh, said we lack the understanding of the way we want to practice in terms of the game. He said, it's strange that there's Barca players who don't understand positioning. So, it sounds like uh, he's kind of struggling with the players he has, and they're not quite doing what they want him to. I mean, it wouldn't be the first time. He also said it after the 
inspiring game where he kind of said uh, more or less in words, uh, we didn't play the way I wanted us to play. So something to look out for. Yeah, for sure. So another game I just wanted to quickly highlight was Betty's putting four past Sociedad. Did not expect that at all, dude. And Betty's actually picking up a lot of form right now. You know, they're a threat to look out for in the Europa League as well. Uh, Diego Linus, another shout out to him getting a goal midweek in the Copa del Rey. But uh, the big match from this week, and I think we can all agree, was the Madrid derby. Uh, Real Madrid beat Atletico 2-0 with goals from Gesu, Karim Benzema getting one pretty early on. And then Marco Asensio was coming into a bit of form in the last couple weeks, getting a second. But yeah, man, I mean, Atletico, I don't know. They're not, I think a lot of people pipped them this season to finish first and get that, retain that title because Barca's languishing and Madrid would look to be languishing. But Real Madrid have been just on fire form this season. So, I mean, honestly, it's going to be a really big surprise if anyone can pip them to the title and take it away from them at this point. I mean, they did get a couple positive COVID tests, so... One thing I have seen Madrid fans complain a lot about is lack of rotation. So, you know, they're like, if COVID forces Ancelotti to rotate, they're like, we'll definitely take it. So, yeah, that's something. Yeah, Atletico Madrid, real disappointing this season. Can't lie. Yeah, especially with Rodrigo de Paul signing, I thought they would for sure be a lot more defensively stable after the performances he put in the Copa America this past summer. But, not the case, man. So, I mean, we can kind of do things different here. We can kind of preview the matches coming up this weekend as well. Um, they're actually facing Sevilla tomorrow, Saturday at 1 p.m. Uh, Central time. That'll be a good match, yeah, for sure. Um, Barca plays Elche. I mean, we can see if hopefully they can finally get the win over these lower teams. Sociedad and Villarreal. And Madrid plays Cadiz, so probably an easy victory for them there. Club and Raul Betis, you know. That's going to be another good match. Oh, yeah, we'll see if Betis can continue the nice form. Aldo, you've been quiet. Anything to say for Spain? No, man. Uh, I never really watched Spanish football. So, But the way you're, you guys are explaining these fixtures, man, sounds fire. <laughs> yeah, that's what we try to do here, man. <laughs> All right, Aldo, so we'll actually jump to a league where you have a lot of knowledge on. Serie A, you want to say what happened this weekend? And I think we had some midweek matches as well. Yes, there there was some midweek, uh, week, mid-week matches. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't get to see a lot of it this past weekend or this weekend. So I won't be able to say much here. But thank God there's Google, you know. Um, you know, I'll just kind of go over some, some quick fixtures that happened over, over the past week or so, um, you know, Napoli lost to Empoli uh, right there. Atalanta got a nice win against Verona. Milan, fortunately, tied against 10 men Udinese. Uh, and then I think Inter, did Inter beat Ju- Juventus? Oh, that was a while ago. Oh, that was a while ago. I don't even know what we come in. Um yeah, no, Inter put four against Cagliari. And then Roma, 10-man Roma, still beats Spezia 2-0. So that's what happened over here. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, this weekend we're going to have Napoli-Milan again kind of fighting, you know, within there, that top four uh, with Atalanta finally breaking, breaking in, too, being in third. I think right now Inter is already in first. Milan is still in second, so still battling between first and second there. Man, it's going to be good. We'll see if Napoli can create more form before that Barca game. Yeah, do we have a new leader in Serie A, Inter Milan? So, you know, obviously we talked a lot about Milan or AC Milan and Napoli being the top of Serie A for so long, but they've been dropping points a lot recently, and Inter slowly crept up there and slowly got to the top of the Serie A table, so that's really cool to see. And as well as Atalanta, you know, the Serie A table is really exciting. It's Inter, AC, uh, Atalanta, Napoli, Fiorentina, Roma, and Juventus in seventh, which I'd love to see, <laughs> and Lazio in eighth. So, dude, this is a really good league. You know, I really like this. You know, we saw with Inter how they slowly crept up behind uh, Napoli and AC Milan. Uh, any team can really, this is any team season, I think. And 
anyone can drop points on a given week. You know, we saw Juve drop points to a newly promoted Venezia last weekend, so that was really cool to see. But yeah, man, I'm loving Serie A this season, so arguably the most exciting league right now. Yeah, Inter, uh, Inter, I think in their last five games, they scored 16 goals. They've conceded zero goals, so it just tells you the kind of form they're in. All right, so Bundesliga, guys, after the class occurred two weeks ago, um, both Bayern and Dortmund got up to more victories. Bayern beating Stuttgart 5-0, Dortmund putting three past, three past fourth, and uh, RB Leipzig continues to disappoint, getting a 1-1 draw against Arsberg. But uh, yeah, this weekend, guys, it's the last matches before actually January 8th. Bundesliga actually does respect their players and their coaching staff, gives them a nice winter break to you know recharge the batteries and come back at it. For the new year, so I really like that. I really respect that. But uh, yeah, man, this weekend what do we have? Bayern beat Wolfsburg today on Friday, four nil. Little surprising there. Uh, Robert Lewandowski getting his 69th goal of the season, no, of the calendar year actually in Bundesliga. So that's really cool. And uh, Dortmund will play Hertha Berlin tomorrow at 10:30 Central Time. So hopefully Dortmund can get another win there and you know just be at Bayern's heels for the rest of the season. Yeah, man, you know, I got to definitely say there, um, it's really nice that Bundesliga does that for their players. It's, yeah, it's just really hard to imagine. Like, it's kind of like making them work on Christmas. It's just heartless. All right. And then league on, guys. Um, really only one matchup I want to talk about, uh, Monaco and PSG, where PSG beat Monaco 2-0. Kylian Mbappe putting two goals past his former team there, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Messi got one of those assists for his goal. Yeah, I think I definitely. I do think he definitely got an assist. Yeah, I'm seeing it now. Messi did assist one, and the other one was a penalty, so that was nice to see. And I said it last week and the week before, and I'll say it again this week, guys. With Neymar out of the picture, you know that front three is looking a lot more cohesive with Di Maria slotting in, working a lot harder than Neymar and Mbappe and. Messi continuing their, their growing friendship and relationship on the field. So that's really cool to see for me. I mean, you know, whether Messi's on the end of assists or goals, uh, it's really nice because a lot of people have been saying that his form in Liga has not been comparable to his form at Barca or for Argentina recently, which is mostly true. But, you know, with Neymar out of the picture, you can kind of step up a little bit more and uh, put in those assists, put in those goals. And then Mbappe just being Mbappe, you know, scoring goals every week for PSG. Oh, there was another picture, uh, Leo versus Leon, except they tied, but that was another good match. Yeah, so Liga actually will not resume action until the 22nd, uh, midweek action next week. And then, yeah, they take a break as well. They come back on January 7th, so that's another nice league that gives a break, a break to their players. I mean, I guess, but are the players going to go milk their cows or what? <laughs> They got to make money somehow, man. Yes, so. All right, guys. So that pretty much does it for the European roundup we do here on FFP. Unless you guys have anything else you want to say about any other leagues or champions or anything related before we sign off. Oh, really? I think we covered it all. All right, guys. So now I have a surprise for Aldo and Saul here. Uh, given the recent release of the Spider-Man No Way Home movie, I am now going to spoil the movie for the two. <laughs> no, you bet not. I'll leave, this, I'll leave this podcast right now. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, but not all honesty, guys. I saw the movie yesterday. Definitely. I mean, it's my new favorite Marvel movie for sure. Won't say anything else. But uh, yeah, if you guys want to, go watch it. Definitely worth your time. And uh, next week, after the rest of the co-hosts watch the, sh- the movie, maybe we can do a little uh, review, give our favorite part, and spoil it for the rest of the world. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, maybe in a, you know, another universe, we're probably all, you know, Chris was in this episode, we all watched it out on the premiere, and we're talking about it right now, but that's another episode of What If? Yeah, in another in another universe, FFP is actually I don't know MCU <laughs> podcast or whatever. All right, but guys, well that's gonna do it for this week's edition of FFP. You know, hopefully Chris can be back with us next week. Um, and yeah, it's been fun, guys. It's been real. Uh, next week it is the holidays. 
we'll see if we can try and get a pushing episode out for you guys. Um, but yeah, stand lookout for that. And as always, guys, take care of yourselves, both mentally and physically. And thanks for listening. See ya. Yeah, see you guys next week. Uh, happy holidays. Yeah, guys, again, thank you for listening. You know, happy holidays to all, all of our fans out there, all of our listeners. Um, and we wish you guys all the best.